We're continuing and wrapping up our series, uh, just our short series on just loving one another. And uh, we're just talking about the words of Jesus. When Jesus said, I I want you to, well, first of all, the great commandment was and still is that we are to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then he says the next commandment, which is just as great as the great commandment, is love each other, love your neighbor as yourself. And then he adds to it later on. He says, uh, you need to love one another, and then just as I have loved you, you need to love each other. So that's what we're talking about. We're going to talk a little bit about what that means for us to do that. But uh, recently, the last couple weeks, if you listen to the Joy FM, the local Christian radio station, one of the things they've been highlighting and talking about just really grabbed my attention, and I've done, done a little sort of studying research with them and realized this is so right. One of the, one of the fastest growing religions, now it's not an organized religion, it's more of a philosophy kind of religion in the world today, and especially in our country, is basically called self-worship, where it's all about me. <laughs> is really what it's about. And uh, in a recent book by David Kinneman and Gabe Lyons, they document some research. And here's what it says. 84% of Americans believe that enjoying yourself is the highest goal of life. In other words, for 84% of the people in our country, they would say, my purpose in life is to be happy. Many people live that way. And and then it says 86% of the people believe that to enjoy yourself, you must pursue the things that you desire the most. And 91% of the people in our country affirm this statement. To find yourself, look within yourself. In other words, it's all about you. And really, that explains so much of our culture today. And we see it throughout our society. I mean, think about the phenomenon of social media and selfies. Right? I mean, everything's about self. As a matter of fact, I'll just take a lot of pictures of myself because it's all about me. It's all about me, me, me. It's about mine, mine, mine. It's about you offended me. You owe me, and I deserve. I mean, all these statements, you hear it constantly in our world today, on and on. And this is why real and true authentic love today seems to be so rare and so very difficult because we are such a self-centered, focused world that we live in, and it's all about us. The problem is, a lot of this sounds good. After all, it's, you know, it's about my my opinions. It's about my feelings. It's about me being happy. And there's even many preachers that, that preach on this. And we come away going, yeah, yeah, that feels good. Yeah, yeah, that was all about me. There's even, there's even many people They come together in a situation like this, and even our time of worship is about them. Oh, I was really blessed with the worship today. 
And you may feel that. I hope you were, but remember this. The worship wasn't about you. It was all about Jesus. That, that's, that, see, see how we get off balance sometimes? Well, the thing is this. This, this feeling of self may sound good, but is it, it is in complete contradiction to how we are to live our lives and how we are to love other people. John 15, 13, here's what Jesus says. We're going to take this whole thing to the next level. And he says, Jesus said, there's no greater love than to lay down one's life for his friends. The, next, the contemporary English version says this, the greatest way to show love for friends is to die for them. Does that sound like self? <laughs> you know, by the way, a week and a half ago was Veterans Day. And I just want to say to any of our men and women who have served and are serving, thank you. <laughs> thank you for being an example of what Jesus just said, being willing to lay down your life, not just for your friends, but people you don't even know, our, your country, for strangers, is an example of what Jesus was talking about. But Jesus then showed us, not only did he say, look, it, it, the greatest kind of love you can have is the kind of love that you lay down your life. You sacrifice everything for other people. But then he showed us what that looks like. So this morning I want to quickly show you there's four things. There's probably a bunch more. There's four things that demonstrate the greatest kind of love of laying down your life for others that Jesus was talking about. So these are the four points in your notes. And it says this. Number one, the greatest kind of love, first of all, forgives others. It forgives them. Now what is forgiveness? Well, a definition would be to pardon an offender. Now, let's personalize it for a moment. What does it mean for you to forgive somebody? It, it means that you release that person who hurt you from your right, from your anger, and from your right to get even with them. Now, I tell you what, and you probably know this. Some of you are dealing with it right now in life. Forgiving someone else who really hurt you is very, very challenging. It isn't easy. It's difficult. But Jesus showed us what it's like. When Jesus was hanging on a cross, okay, some of us, this is a familiar story. When Jesus, he had just been crucified on that Friday morning. So he's hanging on the cross. They nailed him to a cross. He looks down at the people who just hours before were yelling at him, crucify him, crucify him. Then he looked over here at the religious leaders, the Pharisees, the ones who initiated all of this, who wanted him dead. Then he looked at the Roman soldiers who had actually just done it all. And he says in Luke, he says, Father, forgive them. <laughs> Can you imagine? Forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. This is how much Jesus, even at the worst physical moment in his life, he was able to love every one of these people that were right in front of him 
and to be able to forgive them. The very ones who had shouted for his death, the very ones who had plotted his death, the very ones who were just, they had just slapped him, they just slugged him, they just spit on him, they just tortured him and whipped him, and ultimately they nailed him to a cross. He was able to look at every one of them and say, Father, forgive them. That's the kind of love that Jesus had. Then, not only did Jesus forgive them for what they did, but he forgave you. Jesus forgave you of everything that you've ever done, you're doing right now, and you ever will do. He loves you that much. And then, you know what he says next? And then he says, I want you to forgive other people just the way that I have forgiven you. In Colossians 3.13, here's what he says. This is what Paul writes. He says, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Who's anyone? Say it, go ahead. Anyone, okay. <laughs> Not a trick question, sorry. Then he says, remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Here's the thing. If you're going to love like Jesus loved, then you've got to do what Jesus did. What did Jesus do? He forgave. I mean, in the worst of conditions, none of you, I don't think, none of you are ever going to be crucified and put on a cross. Now, it may feel like it at times, but I don't believe it's going to happen. Yet Jesus did, and he was able to forgive others. And then in Matthew 6, here's what he says, taking it even further. He says, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But then he says, but if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. Now, theologically, I, this is very challenging. There are many debates and many arguments and many books written on this one concept. And I don't have the answer for you other than, man, this is a hard one. But here's what I do know. Jesus takes forgiveness seriously. And if you are ever going to need God's forgiveness, which is all of us, <laughs> like all the time, you need to forgive other people because God has already forgiven you. It's that serious. Number two, okay, first of all, greatest love is to forgive others. The second one, the greatest kind of love sacrifices self for others. It sacrifices self for others. This is where you put the needs of other people above your own you put the well-being of other people above your own you put the success of other people above your own Philippians 2 says it like this Paul says don't be selfish don't try to impress others be humble thinking of others as better than yourselves don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. Now, one of the things, this, this doesn't mean that you don't 
take care of yourself. It doesn't mean that you don't think at all about your own needs and, and, and do the things that are necessary for you. It just means you also include others. And you don't think of yourself better than other people. You involve other people. You make sure that other people's needs and their well-being is on your radar and, and you care about that for other people. And you realize that it isn't all about you. In other words, this completely flies in the face of everything that our culture is trying to teach us and to tell us, right? That it's about me. Self-worship. That, that's a very, very prevalent philosophy in our world today. It's not just about us. It's not just about you or me. It's about us together. And the thing is, if anyone had a right to claim his life more important than anyone else, <laughs> it was Jesus. Yet in, Philippian, in the same chapter of Philippians, it says a little bit later than like verse 5 and 6 and 7, it says, Jesus humbled himself that even though he was God, he didn't think of himself as God. He humbled himself to the point of death on a cross. That's the kind of sacrifice Jesus had for us. And then he asks us to sacrifice ourselves for others. Sacrificial love is when you put yourself in other people's shoes. And you put yourself in other people's situation. And then you treat them accordingly. It reminds me of the words of Jesus. I think many, many of us have heard these. He said, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. What does that mean? You simply treat other people the way you want to be treated. Can you imagine if we just grabbed a hold of that one? That would go a long ways, wouldn't it, in our world today? All right, that's number two. Number three, the third greatest kind of love serves others. It serves other people. Because so much of our, the philosophy of today, we just talked about the sort of the religious philosophy of, of self-worship, is that one of the manifestations is that I need to take care of myself. And I need you to take care of me too. In other words, it's all about me. It's about my needs. It's about my well-being. It's about my feelings. It's about my opinions. It's all about me, and you need to agree with me on everything. And we get so focused on, take, so focused on taking care of ourselves, we don't even see the needs of other people around us because we're so self-centered. And one of the manifestations of this, and I know... <laughs> I'll probably step on some toes. But one of the manifestations of this over the past two years has been my personal safety at all costs. It's about me. But Jesus gives us an example in Mark chapter 10. And he says this, Even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others, and to give his life as a ransom for many. In other words, Jesus put his own well-being 
and he put his own safety on the line for us, for our salvation. And he didn't do it just so that we could be safe. He did it for our salvation. And the reason I bring this up is because this is how sneakily the devil brings into our society another manifestation of self-worship where it's all about me and my well-being. Here's the thing, though. There are no guarantees in this life about safety and well-being. You know what Jesus said one time? He said, in this world you will have what? Trouble. You will have. It's not a promise, it's just an observation. Okay? Has anybody up to this point had a trouble-free life? Sweet. I mean, good. It's not going to happen. But you know what Jesus said? But take heart. I have overcome the world. In other words, Jesus never guaranteed, he never promised a problem-free or a pain-free life. You know what he did promise? That he would walk with you and he would help you in the middle of every situation that you go through in life. That's why we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to worry about all the things that, that are about me because when I focus on him, he takes care of all those other things. Number four, the last one. The greatest kind of love rescues others from death. It rescues others from death. It helps people move from darkness to light. It moves from being lost to being found. It helps other people get saved and get to know Jesus. See, when you truly, truly love people, just what Ryan talked about earlier, when you really love people, you care about not just their needs here, you care about their eternal destiny. You care about what happens when they pass on from this life and go to the next life, to whether it's heaven or whether it's hell. You care about that. And not just the ones you love. Everybody. As you're going to work, as you're going to school, as you're walking down the street, wherever you're at, and people, you're, you're observing people. Have you ever thought about, I wonder if they know Jesus. I wonder if they're going to heaven. Has anybody ever told them? Do they know? Do you care? Real love cares. And real love does whatever it takes to help them. Jesus gave us this example. Jesus gave us the example of how he came to rescue us in the middle of our despair. He left the comfort of his home in heaven. And he came to earth. He entered our world so that he could be like us. He came in human form to be like us. But he also came to be with us and to show us the way. So that, like he says in his words, he could seek and save those who are lost. 
which would be all of us at one point, right? Here's what Galatians 1.4 says. Jesus gave his life for our sins, just as God our Father had planned, in order to rescue us from this evil world in which we live. Now, it's interesting that he didn't, the rescuing isn't he takes us from this evil world, but he, he rescues us by saving us in the midst of this evil world. This world is going to be evil until it is not. You can write that down somewhere. Okay. <laughs> okay. There's coming a day when Jesus is going to make everything right. Until then, this world is going to be crazy. But yet you and I, we can be saved from the crazy, from the evil, while we're still here. And one of our jobs in this world is that we do everything we can to help other people experience salvation and protection from this evil world which comes through Jesus Christ. That's what he's given us to do. After all, I think most of you probably either memorize this verse you heard about it or at least you've seen signs at ball games john 3 16 right god so loved the world even this evil world the people in it so much that he gave his one and only son that anyone who believes in him they will not perish they will not die but they will have eternal life what does that mean it means god gave his all so that you could have it all and you could help help others to have it all as well you know when you stand before god one day even as a believer you stand before god and his judgment not whether it's heaven or hell but it's what you did on this earth we're accountable for there's two major things that you're going to be accountable for number one your relationship with jesus christ do you know Jesus? That's going to be the big issue. You know what another issue is going to be? Have you helped other people get to know Jesus? Those are things we're going to be accountable for. How well did we do, especially the second one? Because if we didn't get the first one right, the second one doesn't matter. Jude 1.23 says this. Rescue any who need to be saved as you would rescue someone from a fire. It's that serious. It's that urgent. Then with fear in your own hearts, have mercy on everyone who needs it. This, this kind of love, this kind of, where, where you rescue other people, it, it's, the, it's where you personally are willing to get out of the comfort of your, the bubble of your life. <laughs> We call it a comfort zone, but it's really the things you feel, everything around you that you feel comfortable in. And you step out of that, and you get into the uncomfortable of other people's lives for the sake of helping them to get to know Jesus Christ. The question is, do we even care? It's not being legalistic. It's just, do you care? Do you love people enough with the kind of love that Jesus has, that he demonstrated, that he tells us that we need to love people this way, that we're willing to lay it all down to help other people get to know him and to have eternal life? 
That's the kind of love that he challenges us with. So, are we willing to get uncomfortable to help other people, to help them, to sacrifice for them, to meet their needs, to serve them, to rescue them? I mean, that's just how you love them. Here's the thing. I'm going to add this. If we aren't willing to do that, then we're really not loving the way Jesus loved and told us to love others. That's what real love does. Real love has nothing to do with selfish me-worship philosophy that our world is inundated with today. Real love is willing to sacrifice me for you to lay down my life for you. Now, I would love to be able to say to every one of you this morning, and I'll say it, (laughs) I'd be willing to die for every one of you. But in my humanness, I'm thinking, I hope I don't have to. (laughs) But I'm hoping that I would be willing to if it came to that. Now, we we tend to think the dying part. But what, what about everything just short of that? Am I willing to give up maybe my free time, my finances, my career, my, you keep going down the list. What are some things that are important to you? Are you willing to give those up for the sake of seeing other people come to Jesus to get saved and for them to have life? You know, I think one of the things we're challenged with sometimes is that, we tend to say, yes, Lord, whatever you want, I'll do it. But yet on this side here, we have this list that it's, it's sort of a, 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 but not this list. Okay? And it's sort of subconscious. I don't think we have an actual list written down, but we have all these things that we say, well, yeah, God, I'm willing to give it all to you, except, okay, that would make it not all then, right? <laughs> If there's any exceptions or if, if there's a but not this, it's not all. But here's the thing. Look at this next verse, the last verse in your notes, 1 Peter 5. He says this, So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time he will lift you up in honor. What does that mean? It means that if you humble yourself before God, and, and you put Jesus first, and you put his kingdom first, like he says in Matthew 6.33. If you put him first in everything you do, he will take care of this list. All these really important things you have over here, even your family and your friends and your, your health and all these things. It, it, these are concerns. These are things, you know, yeah, I want to get these in order. But if you come to this side and you say, Jesus, I'm going to give it all for you. I'll be, I'm willing to sacrifice everything and anything for the sake of loving other people, which we talked about what that means. When you do that, you know what he does? He takes care of this whole list over here, and you don't have to worry about it. You humble yourself before God, and at just the right time, he will lift you up and take care of everything else in your life. Can we do that? That's what real love is about, folks. It's hard. It's diff. You know, it's not. It's easy. Or no, it's not easy, but it's simple. 
You love God, you love people the way that Jesus loves you. End of story. You do that, you got it. But then you got to do it. 